everybody welcome to the x part i'm raven x and today we are bringing you a very special episode now obviously later in the week ethan and i are going to go through the whole shebang with nfl nba maybe talk some wwe but you know i'm a football junkie and i love talking about football as much as i can and so i got another football junkie on here with me it's malik robinson aka x report og for those of you who've been listening a long time you guys know he was one of the original hosts was on here for a long time and we love talking about some football so what we are going to do is uh do a little bit of a wire card wild card preview so malik thanks for being on here it's always great talking to you uh, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to join. Yeah, and so it's going to be dope. Like I said, this is going to be a wild card preview. What we're going to do is we're going to look at each of the upcoming wild card matchups from the AFC and NFC, go through some of the biggest weaknesses and strengths for each team, the X factors, and then finally pick who we think are going to end up winning. So without further ado, you ready to get started? Yes, I am. All right, Ben. So let's kick things off in the AFC. The Baltimore Ravens hold the number one seed in the conference, and thus they have a bye, leading us to the number two seed, uh, Buffalo Bills, who will be hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. So just to start things off, um, let's talk about uh, Buffalo. In your opinion, what do you think is their biggest strength? Um, I would say, obviously, it's their biggest strength, and also to me it's their biggest weakness. you got to start with their offense, and I would say Josh Allen. I think um, it comes down to the arm of Josh Allen. Um, we know he turns the ball over a lot. That's why I said it's also a weakness. But strength-wise, I think it's Josh Allen, man. It's Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Get that offense going. So I'm going to say their offense is their biggest strength. Yeah, it's funny. My uh, biggest strength was, like, the versatility of Josh Allen. Like you said, like, everybody knows he has the big arms. Everybody knows he's going to sling it all over the yard. And you also know he can run you over in the run game if need be. Um, but it's funny, again, because alternatively, like, the biggest weakness, I have Josh Allen's decision-making. Because we were talking about a little bit before we even, like, started recording. Josh Allen going to throw you at least one or two picks. You know that you're going to get an extra opportunity just because he can be a bit reckless with the ball. And so because of that, I think that that could potentially cost him down the stretch. I mean, let's not forget, he has 18 picks this season. I want to say that leads the NFL. It's not like everything's been sunshine and roses up there in Buffalo. So I agree with you. I think that he is both a blessing and a curse for them. But all right, what about Pittsburgh? What, in your opinion, are their strengths and weaknesses? Pittsburgh's strength for me has always been what it's been, but they lost their biggest strength. But I'm going to say their defense. Their defense keeps them in a lot of games. They hang around. They hang around enough to score. So I'm going to say their their defense is their biggest strength. Their biggest weakness is obviously that offense. Um, I don't trust Mason Rudolph. Um, their run game is iffy. Um, Najee Harris has been fine. Um, I'm going to say outside of George Pickens, they really have been struggling. Johnson has his moments. So I would say their biggest weakness and a lack of scoring points, but their biggest strength is their defense. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you again, like in terms of the biggest strength, because I'm looking at the numbers now. Like this season, they have 47 sacks. TJ Watt has 19 of them. And so they already came out that T.J. Watt is not going to be playing, which is going to be a massive blow. But like you said, this defense still finds a way to remain competitive. This defense, even if they may not be getting home and getting those sacks, they still keep quarterbacks unbalanced. And I think that that's going to be something really big, especially because their secondary does have some of the deficiencies of their own. But offensively, um, I'm just I, – I don't trust Mason Rudolph. 
Like, I don't think that these last few games that he's had should, like, erase the fact that he's a backup for a reason. And I think it's more so just a testament of the Steelers' offense kind of going for broke and not having much to really play for, for lack of a better term. And so they're willing to trot him out as opposed to a Kenny Pickett. Or at least with the benefit of the run game stepping up with Jalen Warren and Najee Harris, they're able to rely on that a bit more. But if the game is on the line, I can name several quarterbacks I'd rather have the ball in their hands than Mason Rudolph. But all right, let's go ahead and talk each Uh team. I'm sorry, what'd you say? I said, oh, I agree. He's the backup of the backup. Yeah. And he was in that spot for a reason. Let's not forget uh, but all right, let's go ahead and move on to each team's biggest X factor, starting with us, us Cleve. I'm not sorry, Cleveland. Uh, Buffalo. Buffalo, um, biggest team's X factor. I'm going to say, um, I'm trying to give a different answer than um, Joshua. I'm going to say Stephon Diggs. I think um, he had in the playoffs. Um, a lot of times, I would say the last pass, um, two attempts, I mean, last pass two playoff games, he came up short. So I'm going to say Stephon Diggs has to show up. You know, he has to show up and show out. Show why you're that number one receiver. Show how you really want it. So I'm going to say Stephon Diggs has to show up. Again, we're in agreement. I'm also going to Stephon Diggs uh, just for a different reason because, I mean, this season he still led the team in receiving yards, 107 catches, eight touchdowns, 1,183 yards, respectable. But before this past Sunday's game against the Miami Dolphins, it had been since uh, November 5th since he had over 80 receiving yards in a game. Like, like between that time, here are his receiving yards, 34, 27, 74, 24, 48, 29, 26, and then the 87 against Miami. I mean, nobody's going to doubt that Stephon Diggs is a great receiver and their best offensive weapon, but which Stephon Diggs are you going to get this weekend? Because if we're getting 27, 28-yard Stephon Diggs, it could lead to some problems for this offense, especially because who knows if Dalton Kincaid or Gabe Davis are to be trusted. But if we're getting... 90 plus yards, Stefan Diggs. I'm not saying the Bills will coast a victory, but it'll definitely make things easier. All right, on the Pittsburgh side, who do you believe is their biggest X factor? See, that's hard because they lost again, they lost their biggest X factor. But I would say, on the flip side of saying that Stefan Diggs is Buffalo's X factor, I want to say Joey Porter Jr. Got to step up, young man. Um, you're having a tougher time against. You know, Stephon Diggs, but that's what you have to do. Uh, you have to take away his number one target. You know, force him to go elsewhere. Force Gabe Davis to beat you. Force the tight ends to beat you. But you can't let Stephon Diggs get off. So, I'm going to say Joey Porter Jr. That's their biggest X factor. I'm going to go Jalen Warren. Uh, I talked about a little bit ago, just like the strength that their run game has become over recent weeks. And, I mean, everybody's looking to Najee Harris, former first-round pick, to, like, kind of carry the load. But it's been really balanced between him and Jalen Warren, who I think between the two is the more explosive one. The best way to kind of keep this Bills offense in check is, like, keeping your offense on the field. And the way that you can do that is winning the time of possession game, um, having long drives, running the ball very well. And I think they're going to have to be able to do that. It can't just be Najee, Jalen. Warren is going to have to step up as well. But all right, last but not least, who do you got winning this game? I got Buffalo. I'm going to say Buffalo. All right, moving on to probably the most anticipated league-wide game of the wild card round, or at least in the AFC. We have the number three seed, Kansas City Chiefs, hosting the number six seed, Miami Dolphins. Kansas City, what do you believe are their strengths and weaknesses? Oh. Um... Surprisingly from last year, I'm, I can always say Patrick Mahomes, but surprisingly from last year, I want to say the defense. 
the defense has dramatically improved. They're going to need that against all their speed against Miami. So I'm gonna say their defense is their biggest is their biggest strength right now. Uh, for me, I'm gonna say championship experience. Like no team in okay. this playoff race has been in the dance more than they have been. I mean, they're coming off of a Super Bowl win, and we've kind of seen other teams, like for example, the Patriots or the old Colts or teams like that, who like they may middle a little bit during the regular season, but once the games matter, once it's winner go home, that's when they tend to step up. And last year, like I said, the Kansas City Chiefs coming off Super Bowl, no team has done it better than them in recent memory. So I would say that is their biggest uh, biggest uh, strength. All right, weakness, though. Weakness, obviously, that's our wide receivers. Um, their receiving unit. Um, outside of Travis Kelsey, Rashi Rice is fine, but it's their receiving. Uh, we see the frustrations of Patrick Mahomes on the sideline, of draw balls, routes not being ran right. So I'm going to say I'm gonna say definitely it's, 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 it's the offense. And that's surprising when I say the Chiefs and it's their receiving unit. Agreed. Like, also – I got lack of consistency with receivers. I mean, Kadarius Tony, I I I I I'm so serious. I have not heard Kadarius Tony be praised for anything. Anytime his name is brought up, it is something negative. MVS um just recently just had a really big drop against the Bengals. I mean, he's been up and down this year. Like you said, Rasheed Rice has been solid, but nobody's looking to at Rasheed Rice to take over a game. And hell, even Travis Kelsey has had some problems as well. He's not putting up production at his normal state as well. So it's looking at these pass catchers, it is a lot of inconsistencies. But all right, flipping the page, what about Miami? What do you think is their biggest strength? Um Believe it or not, we're in a run game. Um, you look at uh, Mozart, you look at, uh, I, can't, I forgot Kepernas' name, man. A-Chain. Um, A-Chain, yeah, A-Chain. Man, they're really good. Um, it opens up a lot for the receivers downfield, and I know, you know, they're flashy with Terry Hill and Waddle, but I want to say this is a run game, man. Run game has been pretty decent this year. Yeah, I mean, it's been really good. Um, I would say just speed and elusiveness of the offense in general, like, Every player who plays a pivotal role for them, you know either he is fast or he is hard to bring down. Tyreek Hill, say what I want about him personally, fastest player in the league, arguably. You got Jalen Waddle, who is another blazer. Hopefully he'll be able to play as he's dealing with that ankle injury. Uh, Raheem Mostert, he's been battling a lot of injuries throughout his career, but it hasn't affected his speed. Uh, same could be said for Devon A-Chain. I saw it personally when he played Baltimore week, what, 17. He was giving us buckets. He was crazy. And so just being able to have so many guys who can change the pace and who just move around and make it hard on defenses, that's always going to be a blessing. The only question is can you consistently get the ball to them, which leads me to the next question. What do you think is the Dolphins' biggest weakness? Miami's biggest weakness is their secondary. Um, Jalen Ramsey is a shell of himself. Jamie Howard just got hurt uh, recently. Um, their their safety um, gosh, I can't think his name. Devon Holland. He just came back. Um, he's having knee problems and bump knees. So their secondary, their secondary is beat up. Uh, so I think that's their biggest that's their biggest weakness right now. And it's interesting because we say Kansas City's biggest weakness is their wide receivers. And I think that the Dolphins' biggest weakness is their secondary. So. We shall see. Which is a crazy thing to think about, like, when they initially traded Jalen Ramsey to think their secondary would be problematic. 
Um, I'm actually gonna go up front. I'm gonna say their lack of pass rush. Like you lost Jalen Phillips earlier this season with that torn Achilles, and then a couple weeks ago you lose Bradley Chubb. Totally senseless. He shouldn't have been in the game anyway at that point, but that's neither here nor there. And I mean, that's 17 and a half sacks out of their 15, 56 sacks this season. Without them, I think they would have 38 and a half sacks which I think is like middle of the road in terms of overall production. And I mean, regardless of what's going on with the Chiefs and kind of their struggles at receiver, no matter the quarterback you're going up against, you have to be able to get pressure. You have to be able to have guys who can come out on the edge and wreak havoc. And as of right now, they don't really have that guy to fill in for Chubb and Phillips. And I think that that could really end up costing them down the road, whether it be this weekend or even if they were to win and as they continue on their playoff hunt. All right, and so next up, who do you think is the biggest X factor for the Chiefs? Um, I'm going to say Chris Jones. I say that because he has to disrupt the game. You have to stop the run game of the Dolphins, which means force the game into Tua, and you get after Tua, and Tua's not very good under pressure. Um, so I'm going to say Chris Jones. It plays a liable factor. Chris Jones is the X factor for me. Uh, I'm going I'm to say Kadarius Tony. Which feels weird, but let me explain. I think that, again, we've talked at length about just how inconsistent this receiving core has been. But we've seen it before. The Dolphins' offense can put up points. They were one of the best in the league at scoring. And so looking at the Chiefs, I mean, with with the exception of Travis Kelsey, they don't really have that go-to guy when they need chunk plays, when they need to score, when they need to get in the red zone. They don't exactly have that guy in the receiving core, but they traded for Kadarius Tony to be that guy. And during their Super Bowl run last year, he showed some flashes that he could do it uh, before he eventually got hurt. And I think that if you're Kadarius Tony, you should be dying for an opportunity to kind of make up for all the struggles that you had during this regular season and show, hey, I can play in this league. I can help this offense out because if the Dolphins Offense, offense gets into a rhythm, it could be a hard game for the Chiefs to be able to go blow for blow. All right, defense, I'm not defensively. Uh, X Factor for the Dolphins, who you got? Uh, X Factor for the Dolphins, I want to say, it's a tricky one. But I'm, I'm going to go the easy one. I'm going to say it's Tyreek Hill. You know, Tyreek Hill shows up, do what he do, do what he do in that stadium. Um, I think they'll be all right. Uh, he's definitely... He's definitely the go-to guy for Tua. Uh, definitely can stretch the field. Definitely can use him in so many ways. He's also You also have to know where he's at at all times. So I'm going to say Tyreek Hill is the X-Factor. Uh, I'm going to go on the defense side of the ball. I'm going to say defensive tackle Christian Wilkins. Um, he's had a really, really good year this year. I mean, and especially he's been called upon more to provide some pass rush because due to the aforementioned injuries that we talked about earlier. Um, I believe he has nine sacks this season, which is really impressive, especially for an interior guy. And so being able to kind of force yourself and impose your will, especially against a guy like Creed Humphreys, who's had some struggles this season, is going to be big. Because like I said, you got to be able to get pressure on quarterbacks, particularly like Patrick Mahomes and wreak havoc. And I think that if he's able to do that, it's going to cause some problems for Kansas City and hopefully give the defense and their secondary some opportunities to get off the field. But all right, all in all, who do you think goes home victorious? Um, I think the Chief goes. I think the Chief wins uh, in the close one. I think Kansas City, as you said, championship pedigree. They've been there before. It's Patrick Mahomes. Until he proves the otherwise, they're still the defending champ. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs here. Yep, agreed. I'm also going Chiefs. I think that 
we've seen firsthand what this defense can do against the Dolphins offense. Obviously, that was several weeks ago. Um, they were playing in, what, Germany. So, I mean, you can make that argument, you know, lack of sleep, whatever. There's no excuses this time. It may be cold, but at the end of the day, it's going to be about who shows up when it matters the most. And, I mean, like, we talked about this. Chiefs been in this situation before. They know what it's like to have that winning pedigree. Tua could potentially be rattled. This is the biggest game of his career. Yeah, I think Chiefs pull it out. It's going to be close, but I think they'll manage it. All right, into the game you care the most about. We got the number four Houston Texans hosting the number five Cleveland Browns. So, in your opinion, what is the biggest strength of the Texans? Ooh. I'm going to say the chemistry between Nico Collins and C.J. Stroud. Um, Nico Collins came out of nowhere. Um, nobody was checking for who the heck Nico Collins was. Um, their chemistry is amazing. Just watching it, watching their games, it's amazing. I think that's that that's that's just true. The chemistry between the quarterback and receiver. I'm gonna say um, they have nothing to lose. I mean, I don't think there was any team in the playoffs who had less expectations this season. I mean, people were talking about it when they traded that third overall pick to um, Arizona. Everybody was like, man, Arizona's going to have two top five picks. Look at them now. The Houston Texans played amazing. D'Amico Ryans probably should win coach of the year. Like, they – and, again, nobody expected them to be at this point this early on. And so because of that, I think it's going to allow them to play really free and not really stress too much because they don't really have the expectations. Nobody expects us to be here anyway, so why not go ahead and turn some more heads? But, all right, moving things over to your team, the Cleveland Browns, what is their strength? Defense. Um, All year, majority of the year, me and you had this debate of who was the number one defense. NFL, um, the media always pushing us saying we're the number one defense. So, hey, if that's what got us to the park is our defense, ball, yeah, let's do it. Our defense is our number one stretch. And I know I can point out players like Miles Garrett and everyone, but as a unit, um, it's our defense. So the biggest strength of our team is our defense. Yeah, we definitely differ on, like, the best defense in the league conversation, but I agree with you in terms of y'all have the best cornerbacks. I think y'all this season have proved to be the best cornerback room um, in the NFL. And so I'm going to say y'all secondary. I think that that's your biggest strength. I mean, they've been stingy all season. And the we talked about the off-air, but, like, the potential getting Grant Delpit back – key great safety who just got an extension and more most importantly LSU man like I think that's gonna be really really helpful um going into this game I mean I want to say that the secondary I don't have the numbers in front of me but I want to say they were the top teams in terms of turns of passing yards allowed and that doesn't happen by accident it happens because you're consistently putting out great products whether it be Denzel Ward Greg Newsom Martin Emerson whoever they're hit doing their job to the best of their ability and they're making it hard for offenses so I would definitely say secondary is the biggest strength all right what do you think is the biggest weakness for the Texans the biggest weakness for the Texans I would say protection run blocking um Devil Singletary has been fine but not really um you got to get it going because you can't be one-dimensional you know, um, with C.J. Stroud um, throwing the thing around there to fullbacks and to tight ends to wide receivers, you can't be one-dimensional. So I'm going to say it's their run blocking. 
I'm gonna say, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give y'all a spoiler alert. It's the same weakness that the uh, Browns have, but I'm gonna say lack of receiver depth outside of Nico Collins. Like when Tank Dell was playing, it was the ball was spread around more. I mean, through 11 games, well, technically 12, he had 709 yards. Like you're like, okay, like the this offense is building something. Nico Collins goes down. The receiver room takes a bump. I didn't recognize how big of a bump it was. Because you talk about the chemistry with Nico and C.J. Stroud. He leads the team with 1,297 yards. The next closest receiver is Tank Dell with 709. Then I believe it's Dalton Schultz. And then I think the next receiver after that would be Noah Brown, who has less than 600 yards. It's pretty much been the Nico Collins show, which is great for him, but bad for the offense because if for some reason C.J. Stroud or Case Keenum or Davis Mills, whatever the case may be throughout this season, if they can't get the ball to Nico Collins, they're going to have some struggles offensively. And so I think that that is a weakness because if the Browns secondary can hem him up, it, they're going to be forced to look elsewhere. And I don't know if I trust anybody else to step up the way that he's done. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the Browns' biggest weakness? Mm-hmm. Whew. Man, where do I start? We're on our fourth straight quarterback. I know I'm saying. Um, our biggest weakness is, to me, I know it's a lot of people going to be like, huh, it's our running game. Um, Jerome Ford has been fine, but a majority of his yards come off of one big play. Yeah. If you look at the three of the season, a lot of his yards come off of just a home run play. Other than that, um, He's averaging, I think, what, three yards per carry? Kareem Hunt, four, barely. Mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt is, um, he's not averaging, I think he's averaging like three or something like that yards per carry. But he's good in the short yardage situations. So our run game is not consistent. Um, and you lose that when you lose a running back like Nick Chubb. And I think that can, hold, that can help hurt you, sorry, hurt you in the playoffs. Um, you have to be able to run the ball consistently. Um, every team that's there, they're stingy. Uh, you can't, again, you can't be one-dimensional, so you have to run the ball. Del Flacco is great with play action, but play action is no good if you can't run the ball. So I'm going to say our run game is our weakness. And then uh, for me with the Browns, I'm going to say lack of receiver depth outside of Amari Cooper. Like, it's pretty much the same thing, just flipped. Like, and again, I'm excluding David Njoku from this conversation because he's a tight end. So Amari Cooper had 1,250 yards. The next closest receiver is Elijah Moore with 640. So it's another situation of, yes, at least they do have David Njoku they can turn to if need be. But let's say that the safeties do a better job of defending Njoku than they did the last game. Or they don't let Amari Cooper get damn near 300 receiving yards in a game like they did when they played earlier this season. Who can you trust right now to step up? And I don't think that they really have that person, kind of similar to what the Texans are experiencing without Nico Collins. And I think that if they get in a situation, because you know the Texans' number one job, number one mindset coming into the week is like, we are not going to let Amari Cooper do us like he did last year, last time. And so now it's like, okay, and I'm sure the Browns know this and Stefanski knows this, so how can you scheme this offense up to get other people open and get other people getting some projection? Because as of right now, it's pretty much been the Amari Cooper show throughout this uh, the last several months of the season. But all right, X factors for both teams, starting with the Texans. Oh, it's CJ Stroud. Yeah. Um, CJ Stroud is the X factor. Um, he's your outside Nico Collins. He's your best player. Um, we saw how they looked when he didn't play. 
when he went out and we saw how they were when he came back in, they didn't miss a beat. So I want to say CJ Stroud is the biggest X factor. Um, if he plays like he like he normally has been playing, he's dangerous and he and he can beat us. So I'm gonna say CJ Stroud is the X factor for them. Yeah. I 100% agree. I mean, it's got to be C.J. Stroud, if not for any other reason, but he didn't play last time. And so you can look at the tape and you can look at what, you know, he's done to other teams, but compared to when y'all played, y'all just saw Case Keenum and Davis Mills. You guys haven't seen what C.J. Stroud could do against you. So, yeah, definitely C.J. Stroud. All right, on a Cleveland tip, who's the biggest X Factor? Mm. It's going to be, I want to say Miles. But I'm gonna go a different route. I'm gonna say Denzel Ward because again, we said what is their number one weapon, and that is Nico Collins. So Denzel Ward, he's the X factor. If you shut him down, you take away his number one target, you just increase your chances to win the game. Um, like you said, it's been a Nico Collins show. So if the Warder can come and lock him up, you got nothing to worry about. And let that password pin their ears back. The Browns will be fine. So I'm gonna say. I'm going to say Jerome Ford. You talked about it a little bit, just kind of the inconsistencies of the run game and not getting too much. And, I mean, I think Jerome Ford needs to have a good game. Last time y'all played, you didn't necessarily need him to do much. I mean, he had 15 carries for 25 yards and a touchdown. And that's fine because the passing game, more specifically, Amari Cooper was handling business. But let's say that's not the case again and you have to switch things up. Can Jerome Ford step up? Can you guys get pressure off of the shoulders of Joe Flacco and have the run game do something? Because this is going to be a game where every possession matters. And if you're not balanced, it could come back to bite you. And like you said, Jerome Ford hasn't exactly been – he hasn't shown that he can be the guy necessarily, but he's had some solid games and spurts. And this is definitely going to have to be one of those games or it could be a disastrous night for the Browns offense. All right, push comes to shove. Who comes out on top? This is hard because it, it can go either way. They're, they're kind of almost the same team with just the Browns edging them out of being a little bit better. They have one more weapon than they do. They have these, the, the, the corners. So I'm going to say the Browns edge them out in their close one. I'm, I'm going to go Texans. I think that C.J. Stroud being out there makes a major difference. Um, the offensive line has been able to get healthier since the last time they played. Um, they could potentially be getting back Will Anderson, who I think missed that Browns game, and uh, Jonathan Grenard, two of their best pass rushers. And again, like, I agree with you. I think that the Texans are missing that second piece because Dalton Schultz has been cool, but he hasn't been better than David Njoku this season. I think that Devils, Devin Singletary has been better than Jerome Ford, but they don't, but Damian Pierce hasn't been better than Kareem Hunt. Like it's, it's very close, but I just think that CJ Stroud is going to, I think simply put, I think he's going to end up making one more play than Joe Flacco does. Because I think that with the return of their edge rusher, speaking of Houston, I think they're going to get more pressure on Joe than he had to face last time. And I think that's going to work to their benefit, but Either way, I don't think it's going to be a blowout or like a double-digit dub, kind of like how it was when they played earlier this season. I think it's going to be a much more competitive game. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see some fireworks. But, all right, let's go ahead and move on to the NFC. Uh, The San Francisco 49ers hold the number one seed and thus the bye. And so let's start off with the number two Dallas Cowboys hosting the number seven seed 
Green Bay Packers. What is the biggest strength for Dallas? Their offense. Um, <laughs> CD Lamb. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say CD Lamb. Their defense is good. Don't get me. Don't get me wrong. I want to say that, but the pass rush is great. But I'm gonna say CD Lamb. Um, the guy balled out in the offense that was looking like an MVP candidate earlier in the year. Then he fell off. So I'm gonna say that receiving core. I'm just gonna say CD Lamb. Like. <laughs> Like 1,700 <laughs> yards, 135 receptions, was led the league, 12 touchdowns. Is CeeDee Lamb the best receiver in the NFL? No. But he no. did prove that he has a strong case for, like, that top five to seven range. And, A, a lot of times when the Cowboys offense and an opposing defense was on the field, CeeDee Lamb looked like the best player on the field more times than not. So that is, in my opinion, their biggest strength. Um, all right, what about the Packers? What do you think theirs is? He is patient. No one saw this coming. He didn't play bad. I want to say Jordan Love, man. That's, I'm, I'm going to give it to him. Yeah. I'm going to say it's weird because, like, part of me kind of wants to say, like, the offense, but then I'll kind of, like, counteract something else I want to say. So I'm going to say the duo of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Like, while Aaron Jones kind of is the more elusive of the two, the more shifty of the two, A.J. Dillon is just a big boy, and he runs like one. And he's very hard to bring down, especially when he gets the full speed. And, I mean, having those two in the backfield, especially over these last few games and them getting healthy, has been a really big benefit for Jordan Love and this young receiving core because now it's not like Jordan Love has to throw the ball 40, 50 times a game because they can hand the ball off and have the opportunity to have these young backs kind of help them out as well. And I think that, again, that just opens things up to play action. It opens up the rest of the playbook. So I think that is their biggest strength. All right, what is the Cowboys' biggest weakness? We talked about this off-air where you said that they might have to go after a third running back, and I want to say it's their ring game. Um, they don't have a back that's a short yardage. I'm going to get them two to three yards if I need to get it and put my head down. Run game. Um, again, we talked about them going after Derrick Henry because they need another running back. Pollard is fine, but they need someone with size that can be like, I'm going to get these tough four, three, four yards when I need it. So I'm going to say the run game. I'm going to say recent playoff shortcomings. I mean, in the wild card round, they're usually okay. But, I mean, these last few losses that they suffered have been some tough ones. They've been pretty demoralizing. And this has been one of those things of, like, we hear every year. Everybody knows a Cowboys fan. We always hear, we them boys, it's our year. Fast forward, it's not their year for one reason or another. And I think that that's – I think it can, like, weigh at a player's and maybe coach's psyche as well, just considering the fact that you guys work so hard to get to this point. You look great in the regular season. Once you come to the playoffs, it's like the lights go out. Like, whatever the fire that you had early on that got you there just is no longer there. And I think that – like I said, I think that weighs on you because obviously players want to say, you know, it doesn't affect us and we're going to be fine – but when push comes to shove, it does have an effect on you. And after a while, it does kind of weigh on your mental. And so I wonder if they're going to end up getting in their own way uh, due to some of the problems and shortcomings they've had in the past. All right, what about Packers? What do you think is their biggest weakness? It's funny because I'm about to contradict myself, and I want to say it's like a double-edged sword, but their biggest weakness is the same reason you gave Miami with Tua. I think it's Jordan Love's inexperience in the big moments. This is the biggest game of his career. 
is going to play in Dallas, which is going to be nationally televised and hyped. Um, he's stepping out of the shadow of Aaron Rodgers. Um, and the expectations in Green Bay, you know what it is with that franchise. They want they want playoff wins. They want Super Bowl. So I want to say it's it, it's Jordan Love for the simple fact of inexperience. I'm going to say youth and inexperience just across the board. I mean, like you said, this is the biggest game Jordan Love has played in. That's also can be said for everybody in that offense not named Aaron Jones. I mean, their receiving core is incredibly young. Christian Watson is in his second year. Jaden Reed's a rookie. Romeo Dobbs is a second-year player. Like, these are guys who have kind of had to learn on the fly because they don't have a veteran in the room to kind of guide them and, like, get them right. They've kind of had to learn as they go. And while that has been beneficial and, I mean, it has worked out, it's also been times when they look like rookies. They look like guys who haven't played much in the NFL. And like I said, like, in a regular season, you can kind of, like, have some games here and there where you kind of are a little sloppy or your inexperienced shows but in the playoffs you got to be at your best at all times and I just don't know if this young team this young offense is going to be able to keep that energy up because while they got to the dance it's no guarantee that they're going to be able to stay um all right so what do you think is the Cowboys biggest x-factor well I said see you Evans is 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 their biggest strength but I want to say Mika Parsons on defense. Um, we know what he is. Um, he's going to have to disrupt, you know, get to the young, get to the young man a couple times, shake him up a little bit. Um, the Packers' own line is not that. They're okay, but against that Dallas D line and the leader of Mika Parsons, yeah, I'm gonna say Mika Parsons. Yeah, it could get ugly. Uh, I'm going to say Tony Pollard. You talked about it like, y'all know I love you some Tony Pollard, Memphis man. I'm actually looking at his numbers now, and I'm legitimately shocked he rushed for 1,000 yards this season. He rushed for like 1,005. Um, but I agree, like, he is not a short yardage guy. He is that, like, third down back, can kind of stretch the field if need be. But if you need him to fight for two, three yards, that's not his game. And he's kind of been asked to do that with Zeke not there, and that's just not him. And so I'm very interested to see how the Cowboys elect to use him. Like, do they play to his strengths? Do they use him more as a receiver? Like, kind of letting him get in the open field and let him show off his ability? Um, Because I think that's going to be key. I mean, we talked about the youth and inexperience on that offense. I mean, the defense, particularly in that secondary, is really young, too. And I think that... If they're able to, the Cowboys, I mean, are able to get their best players out in space to kind of force these guys to have to tackle them one-on-one, guys like Tony Pollard can win those matchups. It's just a matter of if he gets that opportunity. But all right, flipping the script, what about the Packers? What is their biggest X factor? Oh, boy. This is a hard one. Um, I want to say, I wanted to say Bo Milton, but I'm going to say... Jair, Jair Alexander, and the reason why I say that is who he's going to be lined up across the here. Yeah. CD Lamb. Um, he has to take him away from Dak. Dak has other weapons, but you have to take CD away. Um, if he gets if he get routed up, it's going to be a longer, ugly day for that defense. He's their best defensive back. He's quite arguably, besides Rashad Kelly this year, is their best defensive player to me. Yeah. So, you're a top. We always say you're a top ten corner, and you're going to have to prove it. So, Alexander is definitely their best. Is, is their X factor. 
I'm gonna go uh, Christian Watson. Um, I talked about him just a second ago, but I mean, when he's played and him and uh, Jordan Love can get into a rhythm, it, it can be lethal. I mean, the last game he played was December 3rd, that Sunday night game against the Chiefs. He had seven catches, two touchdowns for 71 yards, even had two carries for 15. Like, he's that guy when they drafted him last year in the second round, like, who's like, okay, they're finally getting a spark. They're finally getting somebody who can make those big plays, like, in the receiving group. And while we've seen some of that, it hasn't been done consistently. And so, like I said, he's been out since that Chiefs game, and the expectation um, or at least as of right now, is that he should be able to play. And I think they're going to need him because they're going to need to use him in creative ways because just if we're being honest, this Packers offense is not better than the Cowboys defense. They're just not. And no, so in, in order to beat a unit that's better than you and everybody knows it's better than you, you got to get a little funky. You got a little get creative. And, I mean, with a guy like Christian Watson, you have the ability to do that because he is so versatile. It's just a matter of is he going to be able to show up and are they consistently going to be able to get him the ball? Yeah, the, their best receiver this year, I believe, was Romeo Dobbs, wasn't it? Nah, Jaden Reed, the rookie out of uh, Michigan State. Okay, okay. Yeah, he was he was pretty good. Like, he had – um, let me pull it up. I know he had over 700 yards. So, he had 793 yards and eight touchdowns. Romeo Dobbs had eight touchdowns too, but he had uh, 674 receiving yards. Okay, yeah, that's why I was thinking about Romeo Dobbs. So, he had, like, eight touchdowns, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, no, like, their receiving core, like, their top four receivers are – well, let me say top six because, mind you, they're all first- or second-year players. Jaden Reed, who's a rookie. Romeo Dobbs, who's second-year. Dontavian Wicks, who is – a rookie christian watson second year tucker craft rookie tight end and then luke musgrave bo another milton. rookie tight end like they are so young yeah, yeah they got bo milton he's a receiver yeah they're very young very very young. young very very young but hey they're here now so gotta give props to uh coach lafour and just that team overall um but with that being said i still got cowboys winning the cowboys have shown me like it's hard to say the cowboys should go man but I want to pick the Cowboys because they should. I'm not confidently saying Cowboys. Yeah. They should. But I'm, I'm going to pick up my football instincts will not let me pick the Packers because I know that the Cowboys should be. They're just a better overall team. But it's the NFL. But I'm going to say the Cowboys. So. I feel the exact same way about a team we're going to talk, to, talk about very soon. Um, but next up, we got the number three Detroit Lions hosting the Los Angeles Rams. Let's talk Lions first. Uh, what is their biggest strength? Mm, Detroit's an interesting team, man. Um, their wide receiver, the one who got uh, a, <laughs> the one who got snubbed. Uh, Amara St. Brown, big fan. Amara St. Brown. Yeah, that's 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 their big the guy. Is electric. Um, I don't know how he felt like that in the draft, but definitely the X factor. Um, I was going to say, I was going to say um, Aiden Hutchinson, you know, but no, that's Amar St. Brown. They received their offense. I'm going to say something very controversial, and you and I have had this conversation before. I, as a fan, I don't care about the Pro Bowl. I not, I personally call it the loser bowl because at the end of the day, you are here because you didn't win a Super Bowl or you didn't go to the Super Bowl. I, I had a conversation with one of my coworkers because we were talking about Zaire Franklin, linebacker for the Colts, who is great. And 
second in the league in uh, total tackles, um, second league in total tackles, back-to-back franchise records and overall tackles, like leader of the defense, great dude. And they were talking about if he got snubbed over Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith. And I was like, I mean, he had more tackles than them, but overall, like, big plays, he didn't have more than them. And one of my coworkers tried to joke and say, you're just saying that because it's Ravens linebackers in there. And I told him, I would want nothing more on this earth than to have Baltimore players not in the Pro Bowl. There's another bowl I care more about than the Pro Bowl. I say all that to say, I understand, like, really, I think players get upset about Pro Bowl snubs because, like, they get they get an extra contract incentive if they go or if they get voted to it. But it's like, yo, like, your eyes should be on bigger stuff. Like, bump the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl's for people who didn't make the playoffs or, like, rookies who n- never went. That's fine. Get us – your eyes should be on the Super Bowl. Again, that's just me as a fan. Side tangent. Not even that. Not even that. I would rather have an all-pro if my name than a Pro Bowl. Man, especially now because the Pro Bowl's not even fun anymore. Like, you yeah, want to play true. dodgeball. No offense, <laughs> but it's, it's just not the same. Um, But back to the topic at hand. Again, I apologize. Amara St. Brown is a bad mofo, though. Please don't get it twisted. That's a bad man. Um, But I say the Rams – I mean, not the Rams. The Lions' biggest strength is their run game. Um, They drafted Jameer Gibbs with their 12th overall pick. Uh, let go of Jamal Williams and instead brought in David Montgomery. I'll be the first to admit when it first happened, while I acknowledged David Montgomery was a better player than Jamal Williams, I didn't like it just because I like Jamal Williams and his fit. And the Lions said, hey, don't worry about it. We're going to get it together. And not only did they get it together, but they produced one of, if not the best, two-headed monsters in the run game in the NFL this season. I mean, you get the power, you get the strength of David Montgomery, and then you got Jameer Gibbs just doing all the flashy, fun stuff. And, I mean, that has been a major blessing for this offense because when you look at their overall skill position players outside of Amon Ross St. Brown, they're kind of lacking. Sam Laporta has been remarkable as a rookie, but really outside of that, they're just kind of there. And so having these guys in the run game has been a really, really big thing for them and it's helped them win a lot of games. Um, But flipping over to the Rams, what do you think is their strength? Um, it's funny, man. Side note, I'm going to get to that. But it's funny that both quarterbacks are playing their former teams who yep. dumped them. That's kind of that's kind of funny. Um, but, no, um, the Rams' biggest threat to me is uh, their offense. I mean, come on. You got Matthew Stafford slinging it, poking the core. Um, you, you, know, you already know about who else on the other side, Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Um, that running back Williams is nice. Um, it's their offense. Their offense is their is their biggest strength. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you. All I wrote was like offensive firepower for everything that you just said, and you didn't even mention Kyron Williams, who has been. Yeah. Oh, I said that running back. I said yeah, that yeah. Back. Kyron is probably the, been the second best running back in the NFL this season. He has been insane. Um, like you said, Puka yeah. Makua. Like I know C.J. Stroud is going to win Rookie of the Year. But for me, you flip a coin, and, like, there's no wrong answer in that regard. And then, of course, Matthew Stafford just steering the ship. I mean, especially coming off last season where you had to miss a lot of games due to injury. One, it's great to have him back out there. And two, just seeing the way he's able to work this offense and the way that Sean McVay is able to get the most out of these guys, especially because most of them are, like, later draft picks. I got to give them all the flowers in the world because if you had told me the Rams would have been in the playoffs, I would have thought you were crazy. Um, but right, let's yeah. talk the biggest weakness for the Lions. So it's funny because it's a spoiler alert. It's the biggest weakness for both teams to me, and I want to say they're secondary. 
Um, Detroit, you would think that they retooled, you know, they brought in a couple people, but their secondary has been pretty lackluster to me. Um, throughout the week, you know, you heard your boy that uh, came from the Eagles was like, I'm not here to come off the bench. Um, that should tell you a lot, you know. So, uh, so yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to say the secondary. From, that's, the, that's the both of them to me. It's the secondary. Both secondaries are going to have trouble against these receivers that they're facing. So I think whichever team can get out can get out to a league or whoever makes the first stop will win the game. So, But to me, I, I think the secondary for both teams. They're really the same team if you look at them, in my opinion. It's funny you say that. Um, For the Rams, I agree with you about secondary. Like, they really struggle to create turnovers. But we kind of talked about all the youth with the Green Bay Packers. It's really the same thing with the Rams. I mean, Akello Witherspoon is their oldest receiver. Um, Kobe Durant, second-year guy, Darion Conley. I mean, not Darion Conley, uh, Darion Kendrick. I believe this is his rookie year. Um, safeties are pretty young as well with Jordan Fuller, who's only been in the league, I think, two or three years. Uh, John Johnson's back, but, I mean, he hasn't really done anything. Um, so, yeah, I agree about secondary for the Rams. But for the Lions, I think the bigger issue is a lack of pass rush outside of Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson is the man. Nobody's going to deny it. He's great. He had 11 and a half sacks this year. The next closest player was Aleem McNeil with five. And you don't, we don't talk about it because it's like, hey, you know, the Ram, I mean, the Lions offense is so good and they're, the defense is so well coached by Aaron Glenn. Nah, they are talent deficient when it comes to rushing the passer. And so if you're able to slow down Aiden Hutchinson, it's going to be a long day for the Lions because they are not going to be able to get pressure. They're not going to be able to get home, or at least they haven't shown anybody who consistently can do it despite putting in a lot of resources, whether it be draft picks and free agency money, to kind of bring in these guys, but they just don't have that. And Matthew Stafford is a veteran, so if you give him all day in the pocket with those weapons, and like you said, against that lackluster secondary, it could be a problem for sure. But all right, what do you think is the Lions, or who do you think is the Lions' biggest X factor? Detroit's biggest X factor? Oh, I already said, your boy said Brown. He's definitely the biggest X factor. Well, no. I want to change it. Jameer Gibbs. Um, I say he's the X Factor because he's sort of a wild card. He's a speedster. Um, I like him coming out of Alabama. Um, like you said, he's explosive. He can do a lot on the backfield. Um, obviously, St. Brian's going to come in a lot of attention, so you need someone else to step up. So I'm going to say Gibbs. Gibbs has to be the X Factor in this game. I'm going to go safety Chauncey Gardner Johnson or CJ Gardner Johnson, whatever he goes by now. Um, missed a lot of this season uh, dealing with, I think, a collarbone injury. Um, and he's been cleared to return as far as I've heard. Um, and that's going to be a big thing. I mean, everybody was talking about when he ended up not re-signing with the Eagles. Oh, my gosh, whoever gets him is going to get a steal. Because he looked like one of, if not the best safety in the league last season. This year, he played sparingly, so it's hard to really gauge. But if he can come back and kind of take command of that defense and really kind of be that dog that they desperately need on the back end, I think that the uh, position or a unit that we both agreed was a weakness could turn into a strength as long as Chauncey Gardner-Johnson can get back there and make those plays and be aggressive and just be a leader that they really need. But all right, for the Rams, who is their X Factor? Well, you said... You said that their biggest weakness for the Rams is, you know, it's the youth. Um, and to help that secondary out, you have to get pressure. And we know there's one man in the middle that can get pressure. And that man is number 99, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is the X Factor. Aaron Donald has to disrupt. We'll have to disrupt uh, his former teammate, Jared Goff. 
would have to get to him, um, not let him, not let him stand in the pocket, feel comfortable, dig and dunk everywhere. So I'm going to say it's Aaron Donald. A good pass rush always helps out a secondary. So I want to say Aaron Donald. I'm going to say Cooper Cup. Like, Cooper Cup, like you mentioned, a couple years ago, he was a Super Bowl MVP. And realistically, when we talk about the Rams' offense and just how good they've been, we're we're kind of forgetting about Cooper Cup, like just overall, because everybody's talking about Puka Nakua and everybody's talking about Kyron Williams, and rightfully so. But let's not forget about the elder statesman in the room, one of the best route runners in the entire league in Cooper Cup. And I think that because he's just so good, and if you're the Lions, you kind of have to pick your poison defensively. Who do you want to beat you? Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, or Kyron Williams? And I feel like they'll probably go with the more Ky- try to him and Kyron Williams because they do have a solid run defense or they may try to like let kind of rattle the rookie a little bit but then you got Cooper Cup who's going to give you the business and I think that if Cooper Cup has a big game regardless of what those other two do I think that it can lead them to victory because I think the offense will just kind of go back to what it was when they went on that Super Bowl run where Cooper Cup is going to get 15 targets and everybody else will figure it out Um, but yeah I think it'll be that too so this is probably the toughest game that we've had to pick who do you think wins? Or at least it's been tough for me. No, it was tough for me. Like I said, they're pretty much, to me, they're pretty much the same team. But I'm going to give it to the experience. And I'm sorry, Lions Chase. He's going to come home and say, yeah, I'm back home after I get to the playoffs. It's Matthew Stafford and Rams. I think the Rams are going to edge them out. I also have Rams because Jared Goff has had a fine season. But... I've seen him cough up a game or two. I've seen him make some real questionable decisions. And we we can talk at length about the Lions knowing Matthew Stafford because they do. But the Rams know Jared Goff, too. And I think that while, you know, Aaron Donald is the man, we all know this. Their secondary may not be all that great, but I do think guys like Aaron Donald up front can wreak havoc. Uh, Byron Young who's been really good as a rookie. I think he can have some plays, too. Same could be said for Kobe Turner as well. I just think that because of the Rams' familiarity with golf, I think they're going to find ways to exploit him and make his life difficult. And so because of that, I think they end up pulling out the dub. All right, last but certainly not least, Monday Night Football, the number four seed Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the number five seed Philadelphia Eagles. Let's start off with the NFC South champions. What do you believe is their biggest strength? Mm. Um, I want to say they pass rush, but I want to say the receiving court. I'm saying the receivers. The experience of receivers, you got Mike Evans, and that's all you really got. Uh, well, no, that's not all you really got. You got a um, old boy over there, too. Because mm-hmm. God went. Um, so I want to say their receiving core. Um, Baker. As long as Baker doesn't turn the ball over, make rash decisions, if they can protect him, they'll be fine. So I'm going to say the receiving core. Yeah, I also have the receiving core, and more specifically Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, another pair that has championship experience. Hey, you learn a lot when you play with Tom Brady. And, I mean, obviously these two guys were already pretty good before they played with him, but I think they're overall just better. Their games are more filled out because of this. Um, And so I think that with them 
kind of helping Baker out because Baker hasn't been in the spotlight like this before. This is what his third playoff game. He again, like he talked about with the Browns, he hasn't been in the playoffs since that 2020 run. And so I think that those two guys are going to have a chance to have really big games, especially when we get to why what the Eagles' weakness is. I think that as long as Baker can kind of get these guys in stride and kind of have an opportunity to like, yeah, we agree. Yeah, it's, no, it's rough. Yeah, we agree with that weakness. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's ugly. Uh, but yes, all that to say. Assuming they keep playing to the level that they're playing and the Eagles keep playing to the level that they're playing, it could be a big game for Evans and Godwin. But, all right, what about Philly? What do you think is their biggest strength? You know, you would love to say A.J. Brown. You would love to say the offense. But I'm going to say the depth on their defensive line. So I want to say their pass rush, the depth. We know how they drafted. We know that they have people that can come get you. Um, but that doesn't help when, you know, something else is lacking. But I'm going to say, obviously you can say the offense, but I'm going to say their defensive line death. I'm going to say the fact that they got a point to prove. Like, start the season 10-1, and one, then lost five of their next six games, including losses to the Giants and the Cardinals and teams that you would think they would blow them out the water. And so now it's got people questioning, well, how good is Jalen Hurts really? What happened to the defense? Should we fire Nick Sirianni? Like a lot of questions surrounding the team that people forget was just in the Super Bowl last year that many thought was the best team coming into this season overall. And so now there's a lot of pressure. I don't think there's a team in this playoff race with more pressure on them this weekend than the Philadelphia Eagles. And while that could be stressful and that could cause some anxiety, I think it also is a strength because you know you got that fire under your behinds to get it done. So I think the fact that they have a point to prove really works in their favor. All right, now into each team's biggest weakness, starting with Tampa. <laughs> um, but Tampa, man, it just kind of hits home, man. I, I'm, I'm going to say... What will hold them back is Baker. Baker is their biggest weakness. I have seen this man. I have seen this man cost games, make crazy decisions with the football. Baker can either propel them, especially with the Eagles, to me the Eagles' biggest weakness, or either he can hurt keep them in the game. So to me, I'm going to say Baker is the reason why they were held back. It's a big difference of going from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield. So I'm going to say Baker Baker is their biggest weakness. I'm going to say that secondary. That will not be the last time I say secondary in terms of weaknesses. Um, Their secondary has been bad for years, which is crazy. But a few years ago, like when they won the Super Bowl against the uh, Chiefs, it was all gravy because their pass rush was so dominant. But their pass rush hasn't been on that level anymore. And so now you look at their secondary, they give up 248.9 yard passing yards per game on average. That's 29th in the league. And it's funny because they just gave Carlton Davis a new contract. Um, what's his name? Other corner. Jamel Dean just got a deal. Antoine Winfield is back there, who is a bad man. I'm not blaming it all on him, but nobody is playing to that level that he's on. And so this secondary has just been so bad to where even teams that may not even have the most off potent offensive weapons are able to get buckets. And so now you think that the Philadelphia Eagles, with a point to prove, with A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, and potentially Devontae Smith are not going to come into this game trying to kick their butt. 
Yeah, their secondary is gonna is gonna cause some headaches for Tampa fans. Mm-hmm. And now moving on to Philly's biggest weakness, which, yeah. Oh, I say secondary. It's definitely that secondary. I'm shocked. I, I am one or shocked because last year they were considered one of the best secondaries last year. So it, it's funny how it, 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 it switched. Um, I've seen James Bradbury enough for Carolina, you know, when he first got drafted to know uh, he's alright and then you know he had a couple good seasons you know he had a season with the Giants and then he went to the Eagles and yeah the man is way too handsy um <laughs> the man is way too handsy starting with the Super Bowl the man is way too handsy overrated um sorry Darius Slay got nothing bad to say I mean he took a step back and be fair but been hurt too that's secondary yeah that that, that 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 secondary is bad. Look at the touchdowns that they've given up. Like that, they're top. I want to say top five of touchdowns given up. Like they're terrible. Um, yeah, that secondary is weak. And against Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, that's that. Yeah, it's bad. That's yeah. I try not to be. It hurt. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you good. It hurts because I, I I like Darius. Yeah. I do. Big big fan of big play slay. Just ain't been many of them this year. Um, yeah. So I I try not to be broad like when answering questions like this, but I have to be. It's the defense in general. Like the secondary is terrible. Like they allow two hundred and fifty two point seven passing yards per game, which is second to last in terms of the entire NFL. They are terrible yeah. against the pass. And up front, they do have depth. You know, Fletcher Cox is old, but good. Um, Brandon Graham is old, but good. Uh, what's his name? Um, Jordan Davis has shown flashes, and he's young, so you can maybe build with him. Same could be said for Jalen Carter. He started the season off really, really hot. Kind of hit a bit of a raw wall over the course of the year, but overall was solid. But that pass rush isn't getting home. And to be fair, you can't expect a team to go from keep up 70 sacks a season. That's ridiculous. But going from 70 to 43 not only causes a major dip in overall defensive stats because you're not forcing as many negative plays, quarterbacks have more time to throw, but now it's causing your secondary to get exploited because, again, quarterbacks have all day to throw. And so, nah, Philly's defense this year is it's, it's bad. It's bad across the board, which sucks because they still have talented guys and a lot of pieces from that Super Bowl winning, I mean, Super Bowl appearance team from last year. But it's just, it's not clicking defensively. It's just not working. And so that leads to the next question of who do you think is the biggest X factor for both teams starting with Tampa Bay? Chris Gower. Um, I would say Chris Godwin is the X factor. Um, obviously, Mike Evans again. He's going to draw the attentions of most likely Darius Slay. Um, that's a matchup. I think if Chris Godwin is going to win this matchup, they'll be fine. Um, Baker's going to throw it up there for you. Um, he just got to come down with it. So I'm gonna say Chris Godwin. Um, I don't trust James Bradbury. Uh, <laughs> So I'm, I'm going to say Chris Godwin is their X-Factor. 
I'm gonna go Rashad White. Um, the run game for the Bucks for most of this season, or at least the early going of the season, was pretty uninspiring. And I mean, looking at the numbers overall, it still kind of is. But Rashad White over the course of the year did progressively get better, which is something that really couldn't be said the first time that these two teams played. Um, not only is he a pretty solid running back, like in the backfield, but he's also a pretty good receiver. Like he's actually third on the on the Bucks with 549 receiving yards. So I think that's pretty impressive, especially considering the position that he plays. And I think that, like, we we touched on this a lot. The Eagles secondary is bad. But let's say they are able to kind of find a way to slow down Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Somebody else is going to have to be elusive and somebody else is going to have to step up. And I want to see if Rashad White can handle that role because I think that – if I'm Tampa Bay, like, I'm trying to make this run game better. I'm thinking about potentially bringing in another body to help get into that deep offensive backfield. But if Rashad White can put forth a big game and kind of show that versatility and be like, hey, I can be RB1 here, that may change my mind. All right, what about the X Factor for Philly? Mm-hmm. They got a couple. Like you said, they're a very talented team. They're a Super Bowl of friends team. But... When you win, you get a majority of the you get a majority of the glory. When you lose, you get a majority of the blame. It all falls down on number one, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is the X factor. Um, I know you can't control what your defense do, um, but you got to do more with your legs, man. We like you. They like it's been a little stagnant. Um, we don't see them playmakers he was making last year. That's this year, you know. Um, I'm going to say you have to rally the troops. You got paid. You have to rally the troops. You are the leader. Um, there's frustrations on the sidelines. We've seen A.J. Brown early in the year. and Confusion with Devontae Smith. So it's on you. Um, you balled out last year in the Super Bowl. You made that your screensaver on your phone, a confetti falling. It's on you to get it back. So to me, when you say point to prove, it's Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is the X factor. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. I mean, like you said, quarterbacks, I mean, no matter what, you either get the praise or the glory. And, I mean, he's been getting – I mean, not praise or glory. You either get the praise or the blame. And he's taken a lot of blame, but he hasn't exactly done himself any favors. Like, since in the last four games, he has a four to five touchdown to interception ratio. His highest receive, I mean, highest passing yards are 301 yards against the Giants. But other than that, he had failed to top 170 passing yards again in the last four games. And when you look at a player like Jalen Hurts, who, like you said, like in the Super Bowl, shut some doubters down. Like said, not only showed, hey, I can play, but I'm damn near going to win us this game. He played amazing. And this season, it's just been so up and down. Like, even the good games feel kind of iffy, which is weird to say, but then you look at the numbers and it's like, okay, this kind of backs it up. And, again, it's not totally on him because he can't control what the defense does, but he can control what he does. And so far, it hasn't been as good as it was last year, which sucks because I like Jalen Hurts. But if you're Philly, I'm sure it sucks even more for y'all because you just gave this man a mega deal. And you want to see him work up to it. And this is a big opportunity for him to do that. I mean, once we get to the playoffs, we talk about it all the time. It's a new season. Everything you did before does not matter. And so now I want to see Jalen Hurts of old step in because if he doesn't, they could end up getting bounced in the first round. So all of that to say, who do you think wins Monday night? I'm going to go Tampa. 
Mm. Um, yeah, I know it hurts the Eagles haven't shown anything and they have look at it like you said the teams they've lost the Cardinals the Giants Tampa's better than that and Tampa's coming out on a high streak so like you said the team that has nothing to lose I look at Tampa as that team I mean they was like hey let's put a flyer on him with Baker if we get it to get it we don't we don't that's a team that has nothing to lose and the Eagles have a lot of pressure on them like you said so I think the team that's going to play more freely just playing the moment I'm going to say Tampa yeah, it's that when we mention I, I they should win, but I'm not confident in it. That's how I feel about Philly. I I think that they'll be able to pull it out, if not for any other reason. But I think AJ Brown and Devontae Smith are Mike better than Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and I I trust them a bit more to make a big play. But that's because of who they are and not exactly who they're playing. Because, again, Eagles defense has been bad. And I trust Jalen Hurts more than I trust Baker Mayfield, which is kind of crazy to say considering how they've played over the past month and a half, like both individually. So Philly should win, and I think they will. But I don't think this is going to be like an impose your will game. I don't think this is going to be a game where they're going to shut everybody up and be like, hey, we still the Eagles. We still got a chance to be in the Super Bowl. I think they are going to squeak by. And then depending on who they face in the divisional round, it gets ugly. But for now, I, I think they pull it out. But I, that is our yeah, show. I think, I'm I think, sorry, go ahead. I wanted to say about the Eagles, man, I, I, I hate to say this, but I think the, four, I think the 49ers took their soul. I think they took their yeah. swag, they took their cop, how they got beat down. They got the Black Air Force treatment. They got beat Literally. down. Literally. Debo so, was in warm-ups wearing like, black forces. Yeah, they got beat down. Like, they they got they got their, they got their pride to it. And I think after that game, they really weren't the same Eagles that you've seen the swag from them. You didn't see that anymore when they got beat like that. Yeah. And then Dallas would have beat that on them. So, I, I, I'm going to say the 49ers really – the 49ers, they, they, they took their swag from them. Yeah. And I could absolutely be talking out the side of my neck. I'm not in the Eagles locker room. I don't know nothing about nothing. But I think we heard all offseason the 49ers say, man, if Brock Purdy would have played, we would have won. If this would have happened, we would have won. And the Eagles, because he's like, well, he didn't play. So this is what happened. This is the game that you got. Get over it. But you get back to that game and y'all on the field at the same time. Not only do you lose, but you get your asses whooped. I feel yeah. like, I feel like low key in that Eagles locker room, and they may not admit it, and probably not again. I'm not in the locker room. I never played in the NFL. I could be talking about the side of my neck, but I feel like that game kind of had them be like, "Dang, are we are we as good as we thought we were? Like, are we like was that NFC Championship game as legitimate as it was? Like, yeah, we went to the Super Bowl, but like, are we really that good?" And I think that that you do, I would understand them questioning that, again, like in the way that they lost. And then again, like you mentioned, following that up with losing by 20 to Dallas the next week. And so, yeah, it seems like they lost their swagger. Something about this Eagles team, especially compared to last year, feels very, very different. So it wouldn't shock me if they lost, but I I think they'll pull it together. But all right, that is our show. Malik, thank you so much, man, for being here. It's always great talking NFL with you. It's going to be a great weekend of games. 
thank you for having me. You know, anytime you need to come on, I'll come on. And hey, I, I hopefully I'll be on throughout the playoffs, man. It'll be interesting, especially if if things go a certain way and yeah. we play each other, man. It'll be very rowdy and interesting. Yeah. Very touchy week. Yeah. Very touchy week. Very much so. <laughs> very much so. But. You know, best of luck to every all the teams playing. Hope everybody stays healthy. Like, not everybody can win, obviously. But, you know, protect your mental health, protect your physical health. Um, again, and for y'all listening, thank y'all so much for listening. As always, please should check out the export.net. I repeat, export.net for our exclusive sports content. Written by yours truly and fellow export writers. Previous episodes of our lovely podcast and our YouTube channel entitled The X Report. Uh, full episode, like regular schedule program. Like I said, NFL, NBA, little WWE. We'll be coming later this week. We got you. But, um, yeah, for now, that's it. Again, Malik, thank you so much. And uh, playoff football, baby, it's done like it. So I can't wait for everything to get started. And uh, we'll catch you all next time. Thanks again for listening.